funny how? It'd be funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you. Silver Screen video. We have a great guest this week. This is Jonathan here with my great co-host Jacob. Jacob, tell the people who we got this week. John, we got one of uh, my favorite uh, stand-up comedians working today. One of the funniest uh, men on the planet. Uh, the one and only Mike Racine is on the show today uh, to talk about uh, Noah Bombach. Bombach? Bombach? I never know how to say that. I always say Bombach, but you know, who really knows? Um, I'm sure that if you ever talk to, to Mr. Noah Bombach, no matter how you said his name, he would feel the need to correct you. Uh, he just seems like that kind of guy. So, right. yeah. <laughs> but uh, guys, we uh, we had a lot of fun talking to Mike. It was a fun episode. We, we talk about a few other things, little gangster movies, things here and there. A big congratulations to Mike as well, because uh, he actually, him and his wife, just welcomed a new baby. So congratulations to them. And um, this Mike, episode's actually... I was just going to say, Mike, I, I hope that your first child is a masculine child. That's uh, That's just from me to you, from us here at the Silver Screen Video, that's what I hope. So... Um, okay. So <laughs> it's a gangster movie reference. We're having jokes. Yeah. It's jokes all around here at the silver screen video. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, guys, Mike also has, his, has his own podcast. It is called the sit down with Mike Racine and, uh, it's funny. I uh, definitely suggest you guys check it out, but you know, we are a little backed up on some guest episodes here, as we said last week with our great Justine Perez Smith episode. So for the next few weeks, we're going to be getting these guest episodes out um, to you guys. So we are going to put the brakes on another director episode, but I promise you they will be coming shortly. But we got some great guest episodes lined up for you guys. So in the meantime, if you want some of that fun Jacob and Jonathan movie conversation, uh, you can check out our Patreon, Silver Screen Video After Dark. Jacob, uh, tell the people about that. Yeah, patreon.com slash silver screen video. We got a few different tiers on there. We got a $3 tier where you can uh, hear our silver screen, uh, wait, silver small screen video series where we uh, are breaking down Mad Men episode by episode. Uh, that's been really fun. Or you can pay $5 and you can get that uh, and our Godzilla series where we are diving deep into um, each uh, one of the Criterion Collection's uh, Godzilla uh, movies. Uh, next up, we got Godzilla versus Kong, which is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, either way, if any of that sounds interesting to you, check out patreon.com slash silver screen video. Absolutely. And guys, we got kind of a party going on over there. Ever since we started this Mad Men series breakdown, you know, I think the people are really enjoying uh, some TV talk, which we have never done on here before. Hell so, yeah. Um, yeah, come check it out, guys. It's it's a lot of fun. And uh, we love, uh, you know, the Patreon community we have. And uh, yeah, everybody's welcome. So check it out. Yeah. And we're we're I want to say we're just getting started with that, too. I think we just released what episodes three and four. Yeah, so so but so basically this coming up Friday, you guys will get a new Godzilla episode and another episode of uh, two more Mad Men episode breaks down, breakdowns. So. Yeah, so and we're just getting started. So it's episodes three and four of Mad Men. So um, if you want to, you know, subscribe and like start watching it with us, um, we got a number of people who are doing that, and that's uh, that can be fun as well. So so you're not you're not behind. You don't need to catch up. You can uh, or you, you got very little to catch up on if if you want to watch it with us if that's something uh, that you guys are interested in. So, yeah, absolutely. We love when we love when our listeners uh, follow along and watch whatever we're watching so we can just kind of have a conversation about it. So, guys, oh, come yeah. check that out. It's a lot of fun. You think we're ready to get to Mike? Yeah, let's do it. I think we're done pitching. Let's get to uh, the man himself, Mike Racine.
Folks, our guest this week is a very funny comedian who hosts a podcast called The Sit Down with Mike Racine. Please welcome to the show, Mike Racine. Hi, Mike. Hi, boys. How are you? Doing good, man. We're yeah, uh, good. Welcome to the show. Thanks yeah, for having me. We're excited to have you on. We uh, I, I feel like you um, you know you talk about uh, your, your podcast used to be, I feel like, mob-focused, and it's kind of expanded out, and it's just kind of um, about everything now. But I yeah. wanted to get your opinion on some of your favorite mob movies. Um, we talked a little bit about it off-pod, maybe some underrated gems. But, uh, yeah, John is a big mob movie fan, so uh, so give us your top, uh, I don't know, your top mob movies, the ones that are uh, essential that everybody should see. Um, I guess Goodfellas is probably the best. Um, and then, uh, see, I don't know, because it's like a weird, you know, your relationship with, uh, mob movies is kind of funny because you see them at different points in your life. And uh, I've watched Sopranos at different points in my life where you think that you think that like they're trying to, you, when you watch Sopranos, when you're young, you almost think that it's like an endorsement of, of the characters and that they're trying to tell you that these guys are cool. And that's mm-hmm. how like, people on uh, in YouTube comments, you know, interpret those kind of things. And then and then when you watch the stuff later as an adult, you kind of realize, you know, they were trying to say they were trying to say other other stuff. Um, it's been so long since I've seen uh, it's been so long since I've seen the Godfather movies. Um, I'm trying to think of I mean, I guess. I guess just this, just the, this is kind of a boring answer to your question, but but Pulp Fiction and uh, I guess Pulp Fiction and Godfather Two and uh, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm trying to think of one that like that maybe people wouldn't know about. Um, Do you ever watch any old classics like with Cagney, like no. uh, Public Public Enemy, White Heat, any of that? I haven't. I haven't seen any. No. Yeah, man. Oh, the old ones are really good. Um, okay. I'll, I'll tell you what's interesting about Godfather to me is um, it's not it, it's it's a mobster movie, but it's like anti mobster because it's not a real like it's it's one of the least accurate mobster movies for sure. Yeah. So it's like it's fun to watch because it's grand and it's it's epic and like the scale yeah. is just huge. But it's like I'd rather put on Goodfellas any day of the week. I love the Godfathers, sure. but I just like the more realistic, brutal portrayal. Very Sopranos-esque. I mean. Yeah. So. It almost like doesn't, when you go back and watch the Godfather, because I because I did a you know mafia podcast for like a couple of years. So now that I know so much about the actual mafia and how they behaved and what they did, it's almost like silly to go back and watch the Godfather and, <laughs> and, and watching it and seeing, you know seeing guys be like it's about honor and family and having pasta with your mother every sunday you know and it's like <laughs> it just it's, it's, it's like really silly um so i haven't really like had a desire to go back and rewatch the godfather just because i think there's been better stuff that's been made since then i don't i mean you know like there's been better more accurate stuff that's been made um um well, speaking of accuracy, I was going to ask you. You know, I know you're, uh, you know, you're Ita- you're Italian. You're from Jersey. You know, we're a couple of uh, a couple of Southern boys, yeah. and um, so I was wondering if you could uh, give any insight, uh, any stories that you have growing up, any any mob adjacent stories um, from growing up in Jersey. Not really. I mean, my family had a restaurant in Trenton for about thirty years, so I think there was probably, you know, there was probably like a little mob activity maybe because they, they had the restaurant i think from like the, the 50s to the 80s so i'm sure there were people that were affiliated that hung out in the restaurant my grandmother told a story i think one time my great grandmother chased a guy out with a knife that she thought was a criminal or something um <laughs> she was pretty tough but um no pretty uneventful i i, I have more of like a Cusimano family than a uh than a, than a Soprano family. We were more of like a Giuliani family than a John Gotti family. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. My dad sense. worked at a bank, you know? Right. My dad's very much like a second generation uh, Italian American. Uh, gotcha. Wonder Bread Walk, as they call it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this brings me to uh, what is our topic for today, which is uh, Noah Baumbach. Uh, we were emailing back and forth, and you had mentioned um that he that you thought he might be your favorite director after watching these uh some of these movies for uh for the pod is that is that something that still holds up is he one of your faves 
Um, I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe he's just a nice antidote to the stuff that I usually watch, you know? Okay. Some of the violent, some of the violent stuff that I'm into. Um, I mean, I still do like his work a lot. I watched Marriage Story today and yesterday. Um, and uh, I watched Kicking and Screaming for the first time a couple days ago. That was a that movie was a complete waste of time. I, I, <laughs> I actually apologized to my wife after it was over. Um, What's I interesting about it, Kicking and Screaming? Uh, do you are are you a Kevin Smith fan at all? Um, no, I, I like I've never really seen his movies. So well, it's interesting because you know Clerks came out in the '90s and Kicking and Screaming came out in '95, and it was also mm-hmm. my first time watching Kicking and Screaming. And, and I mm-hmm. text Jacob and I was like, "This screams of like a a like um, educated rich kid version of a Kevin Smith movie, uh-huh. like." It was really because I, I like Kevin Smith. This movie, however, I found was very fucking annoying. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, it drove me insane, actually. I think <laughs> so it I'm, drove glad, me I'm glad to hear you say you agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was watching the whole thing being like, OK, this is like, you know, because I'm a big I'm a big squid in the whale fan. Um, and uh, I was watching it like, all right, so this is like, you know, one of your favorite directors. It's his first movie. And I was just like, I, I, I kept trying to make myself I, I kept trying to find ways to care about anything that was happening but right you know and i well like go ahead i'm sorry you go ahead well the dialogue is really you know it's bad and it's overlappy and you watch this movie and you're like how did this guy get to make another one <laughs> i I, yeah. think it, I think it was like the 90s kind of house style you know i think uh-huh. i think this is this is the type of dialogue that you know, in the nineties, you know, people were like, Holy shit, this guy's so fucking smart. Like, right, oh my god. Right, right, right. Like he just like he just referenced like Beethoven, dude. This this guy fucking owns, you know? Yeah. And like, I don't know, man. I, I'm gonna be honest. I I really wanted to like it. You know, there's this great American film critic uh, named Jonathan Rosenbaum, and I'd seen the movie before, so I read one of his uh, uh he has this great kind of um like essay about it where he talks about how great it is. And I was like this genre noir, you know, Bombach is this like modern genre noir. And I just like, I just like couldn't see it. I was like, these people mm-hmm. are fucking terrible. Every single one of them is annoying to me. Like yeah. I, I hate like the like liberal arts, like background people. I just like, man, I don't know, man. It was just hard to like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, it's funny that you bring up like uh you know, just the options that people had back in the day. Cause you cause you kind of can't imagine like it's 1995 and uh, you know, you, you, you and your girlfriend are going to go to like, go see some art house movie and you're going to like feel smart. Cause you're going to drive to the town, you know, the theater two towns over that plays like independent movies and you're going right. to feel good about yourself. And you know, the movie's like not even that good. There was a, a, a movie theater in uh that played a lot of like independent movies um a couple towns over for me we would drive there sometimes to see you know more independent movies and uh i saw garden state there once which is like very funny it's very funny to be like 18 <laughs> years old driving you know 30 minutes to go see garden and <laughs> garden state yeah i was uh i was 16 when garden state came out and i have oh jesus christ yeah I, this is so embarrassing to think about but um I remember like watching Garden State in like 16 and uh, I was dating this girl at the time and I was like, we're going to go see like, you've never heard of this movie. Like this is, this is like the fucking rare shit, you know, like we are going to go see movie for smart people, you know, and we go see this movie and like, you know, like, of course, both of us were like, what the hell was that? You know, like that was really unusual. And like, she is just like kind of open and like, yeah, that, that was kind of weird and sucked. And I was like, no, it was like the smartest, like most yeah. sophisticated thing I've ever seen in my fucking life. And know? then you broke up with her and now she has a family and a nice house. You know? <laughs> <laughs> 401k. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Fan film. Yeah. I was I, like, I was like this dumb bitch. Like I can't, like, I can't believe she didn't appreciate the genius of Zach Braff. And now she's yeah. like, you know, a CEO of something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so funny uh, confession, I suppose. I cannot, to this day, get past my intense hatred for Zach Braff. I have never seen Garden State. I've never seen any movie he has been in or directed. Nice. Wow. 
I don't know why. Congratulations, uh, I think. Is it because of well, Scrubs? Yeah, dude. I, I, I hate I hate Scrubs. Like, I, I yeah. really like uh, John C. McGinley. He was like the only character. So yeah. any part of Scrubs I've ever seen usually involved him or like Donald Faison. Uh-huh. Um, I just there's something about Zach Braff, man. It's like he's a he's a combination of like uh, Zachary Levi and Dak Shepard, who I also don't like. So I can't I can't get past any of it. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's a good comparison. I have a uh, since we're airing our grievances here, I have a <laughs> I have an intense hatred for Natalie Portman in that movie mm. as like the OG, like manic pixie dream girl. And not for like any like sexist reasons. I just like think she's annoying as shit in that movie. It's been so long since I've seen it, but. Uh, well, I guess no, we should no, apologize no, to all no, of our no, listeners no. who like Garden State. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Um, all right, so yeah, kicking and screaming. Um, what do you think, guys? We recommending this. The thing that blow the thing that blew me away is that he made this movie when he was twenty five. Like, I can't imagine ma- like making a movie seems like you know you write a story or you you know maybe you write a screenplay or maybe you even make like a short film or something because you're young and stupid you don't know what to do but like to make a feature length movie with like ostensible known people. I mean, Eric Stoltz was a known person at that point. Like, I don't know. How can you be confident enough in yourself to be like, yeah, I can pull this off. You know, I I don't know. I don't know, but it seems to work for work out for people. Yeah. I mean, I I think with this movie, um, I think his level of, (laughs) His level of pretentiousness and uh, probably ego, I would imagine, is how he was able to pull this off in 95 because every <laughs> character had the same fucking thing. And like that's why it was right. so hard to be invested in any of these trust fund bitches. Like, it was tough. <laughs> yeah, like, they were completely indistinguishable from each other. Yeah, I, it's just, it was it was nuts. Like, I'm so, I, I don't understand. Like, people can, like, like, once again, to bring the comparison back to Kevin Smith, people can rag on clerks all they want, because I understand the writing can be abrasive, and, like, there's a ton fast dialogue, blah, blah, blah. It's the same thing. It's just that it's much more relatable, because it's so much more down-to-earth and the characters are different. But in this movie, every character was basically the same. I literally had a hard time telling the two guys with long hair apart. Like, I had no fucking idea what was going on. Yeah, it's it's on Netflix, but I, I personally don't recommend this to anyone, ever. I mean, she even uh, she, the 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 woman in the movie even said. I think two people different say, say like, uh, "You guys all talk the same." Um, yeah. yeah, which is really funny. But I mean, I don't know. I love a I love an early Carla Buono uh, appearance, um, even though it's really weird that he's like. I mean, we gotta assume he's like twenty two or twenty three, and she's like sixteen. Like that's it's a little strange, you know. Um, I mean. Yeah, do you think the movie was? Do you think he was kind of like? Do well, you guys you think he was kind of being tongue in cheek? Like, do you think he was aware that he was writing characters that all sound the same? Like, do y'all think he was like in on the joke? I would. I. I. I think probably. Yeah, you would think. That but makes the movie a bit more bearable then. I mean, honestly, I think he's in on the joke, but he's not in on the joke enough to make it fun, right? Like. He's he's in on the joke in the sense that he's like, you know, yeah, isn't this kind of lame? But it's also like, dude, you made a movie about these people. Like, you yeah. clearly don't think they're that contemptible. You know what I mean? Like, you clearly, like, maybe you're poking fun at yourself or, or in your, like, class a little bit. But, like, not enough to, I don't know, outright make fun of them or, like, not make a movie about them. Clearly, you think there's something here that's worth making a movie about, you know? Yeah, it was also hard to like follow any kind of story too because the dialogue is overlapping each other. So it's like at any given point, I was like, I was like, what's you know what's going on here? Mm-hmm. And what kind of cohesive narrative or anything like that? What I found, yeah. what I found strange is, and we can move on to Squid and the Whale in a second, but like, uh, what I found strange is that like the the kind of dialogue that's in this movie, kind of that that Kevin Smith. Um, you know, uh, style of dialogue and just this banter has like infiltrated every inch of like contemporary, like blockbuster cinema. Mm-hmm. Like I, like I was watching this and I was like, dude, like fucking Captain America talks like this now. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's an epidemic. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, yeah, I can see that. I mean, I think that movies with dialogue like this are the reason we have like 
jokes during life-threatening fight scenes. Yeah, right. Like, right. That, that's the kind of shit where it's like, ah, the world's about to end, but I can still quip with the best of them. I blame movies. like I blame the 90s in general. As much as I love the 90s, I just blame the 90s. It's like that Star Wars trailer where they were like... Uh... They were like, uh, stormtroopers can fly now. And it's like, uh, yeah, apparently they can. It's like this soy dialogue. It's just so, uh, <laughs> it's just so unbearable. Um, is that a new Star Wars trailer? It, it's a trailer for the most recent Star Wars that came out like a year ago or whatever. Okay. Talking yeah, about the third, the third one? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the last, the, I don't know, whatever the last one was. I forget the name of it, but yeah, the very, the very last one, yeah, there's a trailer where they're, like, you know, like, being chased by stormtroopers, and one of them, like, flies in, like, a jetpack, and, like, instead of being, like, oh, fuck, we're gonna fucking die, instead of saying that, he's, like, uh, they can fly now? <laughs> like, it's so... I, it's so I hope... I hope I'll be able to quit before I die. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I look forward to staring down the barrel of a gun and being, like, I guess this is my life now. It's like, just make a joke about how he hasn't cleaned the gun or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> All right, so yeah. let's talk about Squid and the Whale. Uh, Mike, you said this well, was... Quick, before we move on, I just want to say it's just it's just fun to think about, like, when you think about the year 1995, just how absolutely limited your entertainment options were. Right. Because you had, like, the movie theaters that you, so you could go and watch, you know, whatever, I, uh, like, The English Patient, or you had this, <laughs> and, and these were, like, your only two options for entertainment. Right. You know, now it's like there's so much stuff out there that you can, yeah, everybody can kind of find their own thing that they're that they're into. But things were so limited back then that I imagine this probably had a better reception than it it, it would now. I mean, it's true. I mean, imagine like, I mean, if you're, you know, say if you're 18 in 1995, I mean, this is going to seem like hip and alternative to you. Yeah. Because your only other option is the English patient, which, and, you know, your right. parents like. And you're going to feel like you're supposed to like it. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I remember movies like that, even when I was a kid in the early 2000s, where it's like, because in the early 2000s, obviously there was the rise of HBO and, and the internet was starting to kind of come to be. So things were expanding, but still you had the same type of movies where it's like, you didn't have much of a choice. So like you had this movie with smart dialogue that like, if you rewatch now, you'd probably hate it. But then you were like, Oh, this is the greatest fucking thing I've ever seen. It's yeah. so smart. Yeah. I also think there's something to do with the dial with the, the references that they make, you know, whereas like now it's like, I mean, what do you, you, you say? So you look something up on your phone. You know what I mean? Like, I don't like, okay. So you know, these references, but like back then it was like, uh, like pre like internet and pre Google and all that shit. It was like, holy shit, these people are so much smarter than me. How do they know this stuff? You know, whereas mm -hmm. now it's like, you know, I don't know. You look something up. Like, I don't care if you know who this like composer is or whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely something to be said for references. I mean, the same thing, the, the references are a plenty in squid in the well as well. And it's like, you know, it, it's it's there's something to be said now because now if there's a reference like like you said, you can literally you have a phone at your like information at your fingertips, whatever you want to look up, you can. Right. But in the 90s, when somebody makes a reference, you want to fucking double check that reference. Go to the library. <laughs> like, <laughs> so Yeah, learn the fucking Dewey Decimal System. Uh, so, Mike, you said Squid and the Whale was uh, was one of your favorites. Is that right? Yeah, I don't know what it is. It's really uh, I watched it recently. Um, I uh, I don't know. I love it. I really uh, I don't know why I connect with this movie so much. It's about uh, some some uh, you know I grew up uh, in a conservative uh, Italian family in Jersey. My my parents are still together, so I don't know why I relate so much to this story about uh, you know Brooklyn uh, intellectuals getting divorced. But um, I do. I've seen it a bunch of times and. Uh, it's one of those movies that I, I really like because I, because I feel like every time I watch it, I pick up new things. Um, and uh, watching it, it, you know, it's also one of those movies where you watch it a few years apart. Um, like it almost feels like you're watching a different movie. Mm. And uh, I even watched some clips of it today, and I, I caught some stuff that I, uh, you know, I caught some new stuff. Um, so um, yeah, I don't know what it is. I just really enjoy it. Now, John, you said you rewatched it recently, and you didn't. Uh, you realize that you didn't care for it is that right yeah but i will say like i you made a good point after i told you that 
I still think this movie. I mean, it's it's probably my favorite. Uh, it's my, I I do really enjoy Francis Ha. Um, I think this is good. Jeff Daniels great. Laura Linney's fucking great. Like the back and forth, yeah. and like the sheer like pettiness of of Jeff Daniels and like how he's attempting to brainwash his children. It's like, I don't like I'm with you. Like I don't understand why this is appealing to me, but it yeah. is. Yeah. Like. Um, but I think I hate rich people now more than I did the first time I watched it. Uh-huh. So, so I think that plays into it. Cause it's like, oh yeah, you got a divorce. My parents got a divorce too, but my dad couldn't go buy a fucking, like or rent a nice apartment across the street or something mm-hmm. like, and it's like all this shit. It's uh tennis lessons and, and all this. So there's a lot there for you to be like, yeah, I don't really, I don't really, uh, dig that part of it, but yeah, I still enjoy it. I mean, uh, who doesn't enjoy William Baldwin, uh, you know, uh, yeah. or Billy Howard, whatever he goes by, with a uh, ponytail calling everyone bro, I think. It brother. was just like, yeah, it's brother. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Maybe um, the most underrated Baldwin. Yeah, I, I agree with that because he, he made some really interesting, uh, like, action movies in the late 90s and 2000s. Uh-huh. Wait, so what are the contenders for that crown, for, for most underrated Baldwin? Steven, obviously. Yeah, but Steven is uh, a little a little more well known, and also he's like a religious nut. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, and then and then there's Daniel. Who <laughs> the one thing I remember about Daniel Baldwin is that when I was a kid, he like almost died of a cocaine overdose. Like, <laughs> and they teased it on the news. They were like, one of the Baldwin brothers might be dead. <laughs> Details at six. And it was Daniel Baldwin, the Baldwin that I had never heard of. Um, so that's why I remember Daniel, Baldwin. and he was on Hollywood Squares. Um, and he's the second Baldwin. He, Alec is the oldest, and he's the second. And so it's probably Alec, Daniel, Billy, Stephen. Stephen's the youngest. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think and Billy Baldwin was in something else. I don't remember what it was, but I think he's pro- he might be one of these guys who's kind of active on Twitter. Let me check. Um, now I know that you're uh, talking off pot a little bit. You're a big Sopranos fan. Now, how interesting is it that? Uh, Dan, I think it was Daniel Baldwin, right? Who played in uh in Cleaver. Yeah. He played the gangster Baldwin. I fucking love that. Him popping up as like, you know, Christopher's representation of Tony. Like yeah. it was fantastic. That yeah. might have been no, I think that was Daniel. I'm, yeah, I'm pretty Daniel sure it was Daniel. Cool. I'm gonna have to look it up because I'm curious. Let me look that up. Baldwin Sopranos. Wait, so I don't remember that. So he he is in the uh the fake Daniel movie. Baldwin. Yeah. 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 When Christopher makes Cleaver and remember Tony gets really pissed because it looks mm-hmm. like, like Tony, it looks like Christopher's like the whole thing with the mystery with, with, with his girlfriend being sleeping with the boss and all that shit. Right. So Tony gets mad because he's like this screaming guy, like in his robe in the basement of his house. Like, so I, re- I remember that whole sequence. I just had no idea that was Daniel Baldwin. I've got to rewatch that. That's incredible. I didn't know that was a Baldwin brother. Yeah. Yeah, dude. It's uh, it was it was it was a nice little it was a nice little quick cameo. That's incredible. I would watch a, uh, I would watch a Keeping Up with the Baldwin's like a like a reality show that is just focused on all the Baldwin sure. siblings. But but Alec is not in it. He's just like a like a afterthought. Right. Yeah, it's like the Wahlburgers. It's like the Wahlburgers where Mark rarely shows up because you know he's a big star and his brother's a burger chef. Yeah. So it's like I'll show up occasionally because the network pays me, you know, two hundred grand or whatever. Um, yeah, that owns. Yeah, uh, Alec Baldwin recently had to be like, had to get on Instagram and be like, "How dare you say my wife's not Hispanic?" <laughs> <laughs> you gotta. She's probably yelling at him, yelling at him in Spanish to get on there, and you know. Now, uh, uh, I've yeah. I've got a really old reference for you guys before we get back to uh, the squid in the well. This is from South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut. Do you okay. guys remember that movie when Canada, like, because they st- we start a war with Canada, and they bomb the Baldwins. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's fucking great. <laughs> I watch that movie pretty, I mean, I watch it, like, once a year because I still love it, and uh, it never gets old hearing this, like, news anchor come on and like act like it's been Pearl Harbor and they're like it's the day that'll live in infamy they bombed the bald ones oh that's incredible I don't remember that at all it's fucking great man that is one of my favorite things about Team America too the way they made fun of the uh, the Hollywood actors who oh yeah yeah 
Yeah, it's funny that a fucking puppet movie still has like one of the most graphic sex scenes in a movie ever. <laughs> isn't there a isn't there a Chucky movie where Chucky and his like girlfriend fuck? There's got to be. I haven't watched the Chucky past the Child's Play three, so that yeah, I'm sure there is because it like, became. Yeah. yeah, it became like a big thing. Like yeah, I'm like ninety percent sure Chucky and like his little doll girlfriend fuck in a movie. Well, um, if there's one way to sell a, a new Chucky movie, that's how you do it. <laughs> I mean, I saw it, apparently. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so, all right, Squid and the Whale. You know, I, I wanted to mention this one thing about it, which is, um, yeah, I don't think I really understood this until I moved to New York, which is, you know, only a few years ago. But the the, the characters in this, like, John, you mentioned they're rich. And, they, I mean, compared to the way we grew up, yeah, of course, they're definitely rich. But, like... They're they're like a specific brand of like uh, New York like middle class like creatives who like make a living just like teaching and um, maybe like you know being a freelance writer or something and obviously that was something that was probably more lucrative in two thousand five than it is today but I don't know I just I was struck by like well it takes place in the eighties the movie I think it's eighty six. Oh, oh, right, 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 yeah. right, yeah. right. Well, well, I guess, I guess, what I was thinking is like, my my main point is like these type of people don't live in Park Slope anymore. You know, like, like now I feel like th- like these type of people would be like priced out of of something like Park Slope, and so like, I don't know, it, it like this felt like a slice of like uh, a slice of like New York City like class life that is just wholly representative of like people who like teach at NYU and like have like better lives than like 90% of the world, but not that great compared to like the other rich people who have populated New York. I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. It makes it, yeah, it makes as sense. well as like a, pl- a guy who owns his own plumbing company. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's um, I don't know. It's like a weird kind of uh, New York city, middle-class grit. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So Squid and the Whale, um, I, you know, I think it's, I think it holds up, man. Squid and the Whale is pretty great. Um, dude, Jesse Eisenberg is so good, man. Yeah. Like he, he's yeah, he so really good. Is. Yeah. That, that's, that's the main thing. I just like, he's really good in the movie. Yeah. He's good. And it's, uh, I don't know, man, it's a pretty devastating picture of like a kid's view of divorce and, uh, you know, I don't know. Um, now we're going to talk about Francis Ha, but I want to mention Greenberg. Has anybody seen Greenberg? Oh no. yeah, I like Greenberg. Mike, have you seen Greenberg? I have not. This is a movie about. Um, I'm not going to spend any time on it really, but I just wanted to mention it because it, it. I think it's a pretty good movie, but the main character is Ben Stiller as Greenberg, and he's like the single most unlikable uh, Bombach protagonist I think in his filmography. And I think this is basically about his the beginning of his relationship between him and Greta Gerwig because she stars opposite of Ben Stiller. So I don't know. I think it's really interesting that that Ben Stiller as Greenberg in this movie is kind of a uh, like a representative of Bombach's real life, and it's also his most hateable character. Um, I don't know. It's a really depressing movie, and it's really uh, I don't know, John. What do you think about Greenberg? I, I like it. I didn't put that much thought in. I just watched it. I like oddly enough, I'm a I'm a uh, uh, Ben Stiller fan, so I uh, I watched it mainly because of him because I really like that movie he's in, the hipster movie, um, with Adam yeah. Driver. Wa- uh, the while we're young. Yeah, I like that movie. Oh my god, I fucking hate that movie. <laughs> I don't know, man. I like it. I like Adam. Dude, you can pretty much put Adam Driver in anything and he makes it better instantly. Everything gets raised a level. Yeah, I guess that's a little true. All right, let's talk about Francis Ha. Mike, what do you think about Francis Ha? Um, really good, fun. Uh, my wife calls it, she calls th- that and Lady Bird uh, that girl movie that you like. I, I get made <laughs> fun of for uh, enjoying <laughs> movies like this. But like I said, it's a nice palate cleanser when you're watching, you know? violence and uh i guess the comedies that i like i just it's nice to turn something on and like just to be able to you know like feel your emotions right right just to kind of vibe with it 
I agree, man. Uh, like a palate cleanser is a good way to put it because yeah. like I do, I do watch a lot of shit where it's like, you know, my wife will walk in and I'll be watching like Donnie Brasco where they're hacking a body apart in the uh-huh. basement or like yeah. Sopranos where somebody's constantly like either getting beat up or murdered or Tony's going on a, a like, you know, a rant or something. So yeah. to watch a really lighthearted movie of like someone right. just kind of like living and like laughing and like, Oh, this is, this is like my New York college graduate shenanigans. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, nobody's getting their head blown off or chopped up or anything. There's this two is girls nice. in the big city figuring it out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I was watching Enter the Dragon today, and I was it was the scene where Bruce Lee fights the um the guy the bodyguard uh, when he kills the guy who you know like killed his sister. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he like beats up the guy and then jumps on him in slow motion, and I and I was like, oh, watch this, watch this, and she didn't seem like into that i don't know she's very hard to uh it's very it's very hard to find stuff that we both like she she won't she won't enjoy enter the dragon but she also won't watch francis ha with me damn well thank thankfully i got got my wife on board with sopranos so Uh she's done she's done a couple of watch throughs with me because i rewatch them frequently um so i was happy about that but it's interesting you say um enter the dragon because they just put that on netflix Mm -hmm. and it hit my recommend it so i watched it is that what did you watch it on netflix uh yeah i'm not yeah i I haven't gone all the way through but yeah i'm in the process of yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a great movie, man. And like I have yeah. I would have like I guess that's I, I usually rant against Netflix, but yeah, that just kind of popped up and like my recommended I haven't seen it in years, so it was cool to revisit it. That's a great fucking movie. Yeah, for sure. Why do you rant against Netflix? I just hate how they're homogenizing everything. Like that's yeah, kind of yeah. like I feel like I'm beating a dead horse um uh, uh, talking about Netflix because okay. it's like it's the same thing, man. Like I hate how everything looks the same. They make quality movies. Like mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a fan of what they put out sometimes, but I mean, for every 10 movies they put out, I feel like two of them or one of them are watchable. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just have issues against them because like, I feel like everything they're trying to do what Disney's doing. Everything right. is just being homogenized and looks the same across the board, but that's kind of yeah. me being cynical. I feel so. No, but I think so too. It like a lot of the stuff looks the same and I don't, I don't find myself really excited to watch anything that's on Netflix. Mm. yeah they've like watered down movies dude like they've taken my ability to be excited away i don't know yeah it's like ambient uh it's like ambient tv almost like i uh i was uh, my wife was doing some like school shit and i was busy with something else and like we turned on the um rebecca remake and Mm. like I, like I was like I've seen that movie, but I couldn't tell you shit about it. It was just like on in the background, and I was like, just kind of vaguely watching it. And I feel like that's like ninety percent of like the Netflix movies now. They're just they're, they're just on in the background, and it's like, yeah, I don't know. I I saw it, but I don't really remember it. You know? Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Um. All right. So Francis Ha. Uh. What? You big Greta Gerwig fan, Mike? Um. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I like her. Yeah, she uh, she kind of uh, made a name for herself in the kind of mumblecore scene, and and um, I don't know, she was really one of the only people to to come out of that. Um, what I like about Frances Ha is, I, I you know, I think this is um, this is one of the only times that he like makes a movie about like another person or about something that isn't directly related to his life. Uh huh. Uh, which I think that's pretty interesting. And honestly, I wish he would do more of it, you know, kind of like Judd Apatow made that turn where he stopped making movies about himself mm-hmm. and started making movies about other people. And it's like, I wish Bombach would, would take a lesson from that. Cause rewatching all this shit, I'm like, dude, all this stuff about your own life is just getting fucking boring, man. I don't know. Right. Is he divorced himself or was it, I mean, obviously- yeah, yeah. It's, um, the story behind the whole thing is that um, whenever he was working on Greenberg, he used to be married to Jennifer Jason Lee. Okay. And he, um, he was, he like, it, like got introduced to Greta Gerwig through casting her on Greenberg. And okay. then um, basically like hooked up with her and became like, you know, much younger woman, like, you know, became this like big, you know, artist muse like relationship. And had a messy divorce with Jennifer Jason Lee, which is exactly what Marriage Story is about. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I feel like all of his movies, except for the ones that star Greta Gerwig, like this and Mistress America, are really, really personal shit. And it's, mm-hmm. I don't know, man, at some point you got to like, I feel like you got to grow up and just stop making movies about yourself or something. I don't know. 
I don't know, yeah, John. What do you think? So much, yeah. Yeah, it's I don't know, John. What do you think about that? Because the the appetite turned towards him making movies about other people, like. I mean, it's it kind of had mixed results. Like Trainwreck, I think is pretty good, but I haven't seen the Pete Davidson movie. You know, yeah, I haven't seen that movie either. I want to because I've heard Bill Burr is really good in it. Um, but yeah, I I like Francis Ha. Like just in terms of of uh, the movie in a bubble, opposed to looking at all of his work that's personal to him. Uh, Francis Ha made me feel better about life in general somewhat because it was nice to see someone else struggle with something they're trying to do. Like, <laughs> right. like, it's just like, she, she's trying to find this direction and she's clinging to this. And like, there's nothing that's really um, panning out for her. And it's clear she kind of wants to do something in dance, but um, you know, that's not really where, I don't know. It, it was just an interesting, I like, like Mike said, two, two girls in New York facing off against the world. Like, it's like, it's just a fun pleasant Greta Gerwig is great in it I prefer her so much more acting in a movie opposed to directing a movie mm. so oh interesting you don't like Lady Bird um Lady Bird's not bad I just I I would rather see her as and I think she's more charming and I think she's really good in a cast than she is as talent as a director no offense to her but I don't think she's even one of the better working female directors out there, if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I like Lady Bird. I like her movies. I like the remake of uh, Little Women. Like, I think she she's a solid director. She'll get in. She's like a Clint Eastwood type director. Like, she'll get in and get it done. I just don't see what she brings to a movie like that with her voice. Like, so interesting. You see Lady Bird, Mike. Uh, yeah, I saw it in theaters when it came out, you know, like three years ago, three or four years ago. Um, and I, I liked it. I thought it was good. Yeah. My, my wife also calls that one, like the girl movie that you like. (laughs) (laughs) So you, you said it's, you said it's difficult for you guys to find something like you watch together. What kind of movies does she like? Like, what is she, uh, uh, yeah, I guess what is, what what does she want you to watch or does that ever happen? It's it's so weird. So like her two favorite movies are The Wizard of Oz and Big Daddy. And then <laughs> rewatch those a lot. And then so we'll try to pick something and I'll, you know, I'll let her pick something. And like we watched um, Riding in Cars with Boys and I, I enjoyed that. Uh, she picked that. But then she also like she'll pick just some real stinkers sometimes that I have to, you know, sit through. And then I'll pick movies. But her, the. The movies that I pick that she like, it's just it's it's like a it's it's a crapshoot, um, right? As to what she's gonna like and what she's not gonna like. We watched uh, Knights of Kiberia, the Fellini movie. Oh yeah. Um, so it's like, and and she liked that. So she liked a, a a black and white Italian movie about a prostitute. She enjoyed that, <laughs> but she doesn't. She didn't like Lady Bird. Um, Let's see. We both disliked La La Land, so that's that was good. Um, <laughs> and then I'm trying to think of what else we watched together. We watched Marriage Story together. She liked that. She didn't like uh, Cool Hand. She's she's chaotic. I guess that's that's how I'll describe her. She didn't mm. like Cool Hand Luke, which I watched recently. I really liked. Um, so it's uh, it's tough. If Damn. you're not married, don't rush into anything. It sounds, like, it sounds like you guys have a uh, failure to communicate there. Uh, probably, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, um, that was, was that another yeah, bad that was, joke, John? That was a really, that was a really good uh, Cool Hand Luke joke. If you would have delivered it with the accent, um, it would have been better. Uh, <laughs> Look, I'm intimidated. We got a professional comedian on the show. What do you want from me? That's true. It is. I do find it difficult to attempt humor in front of a comedian, Mike. So that's all right. <laughs> um yeah my wife um we like watch most things together and have pretty similar tastes but the one thing uh my wife has watched the uh, mma movie warrior and the two creed movies probably upwards of like 20 times oh yeah so like uh, like there will be like days where i'm like I'm like, hey, what are you doing tonight? She's like, oh, no, I got a hankering to watch like Creed two again, and I'm just like, <laughs> I like, I got to read a book or something. Like, I can't watch Creed two again. I like, I don't know. I'm gonna go in the other room and like, I don't know, like, like uh, knit something or something. Yeah. You know, like I, I always feel like so like feminine whenever she's just like wanting to watch like 
movies where guys just beat the shit out of each other. Yeah. I always find myself being like, can you just have a fucking opinion? You know? <laughs> <laughs> Make a decision or ha- like give me something to work with. I'm trying to pick something that we're both going to like uh, <laughs> and not just something that you're going to complain about. <laughs> so, uh, you heard it here first, folks. Give it some time. You know, marriage isn't for everybody. Um, she picked sleepless in Seattle. I was like, this is this. This was the biggest waste of my time. Uh, just older romantic comedy that doesn't really hold up. I agree with you. I hate that movie so much. Yeah, I actually don't mind sleepless in Seattle, but I tell you one that I watched recently that I it was it was almost like a horror movie. Was fucking. Um, God damn it, John. What's the name when, of that movie? When Harry Met Sally. You hate oh. that movie. Oh, yeah? When Harry Met Sally. Brother, you talk about, like, I don't know, man. I don't know if the, if you've seen it or when's the last time you saw it, but it's like... Never seen it. Uh, Billy Crystal is so, like, cringy and uncomfortable in that movie. Uh-huh. And, like, the hair, everybody is so hairy. Like, <laughs> it's just, I'm telling you, man, the clothes, it's just, like, really cursed energy about that movie. I don't know really? what it is. I'm gonna watch it tonight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you should, yeah, you should fire that up. It's uh, man, oh man, it just it just has like a real weird nervous energy to it. That's like, huh. like the whole time I just was like, it was like a tragedy. I was like, no, like Meg Ryan, like don't fall for Billy Crystal. Like, what are you doing? Right. And that's that's Rob Reiner. Yeah, 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 Rob Reiner. Yeah, because it seems like they that that might be like a its own crew or something. Because when you watch Sleepless in Seattle, it's uh. You know, Rob Reiner's in it, Nora Ephron directed, and it's a lot of the same cast, so I don't know if maybe. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, I think I think also a lot of the same people get together for You've Got Mail, um, because it's Meg Ryan, and I think think Nora Ephron is somehow involved, Mm -hmm. and I think Rob Reiner is too. I don't know, maybe I'm just making that shit up. Um, Well, I, I will say, before we move on to Mistress America, I have a quick successful marriage movie story. The first date I went on with my wife was to see No Country for Old Men. (laughs) <laughs> and I had seen it two days before. And I told my brother, I was like, we're just going to see how it goes. If she doesn't like this movie, I'm not sure. And uh, we went and saw it. She loved it. And the rest is history. But yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much how I judged it. Because it's like, if you go see No Country and don't like it, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I'm just going to. That's your that, that was the moment you knew she was the one when she watched Anton Chigurh <laughs> kill a guy with a cattle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stick Absolutely. A fucking... <laughs> when he's like, get out of the car and he takes the bolt and he puts it through the skull and we're both just loving every second. of it. Like, that's it. Here you look go. over and her eyes are glistening and you're like, she's the one. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So Mistress America, this is a movie that I am going to be real. I forgot this movie existed until you mentioned it, Mike, when we were emailing back and forth. What do you think about this movie? This is another movie he made with like Greta Gerwig as like his muse. Yeah, Um, this is kind of a weird one, but I I mostly enjoy it. What do you think about it? Yeah, I enjoyed it. It's been so long since I've since I saw it in theaters. I I remember very uh, little about it. I just remember that uh, Greta Gerwig's kind of a whore in this one. (laughs) 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 <laughs> that's all I remember. Um, oh, man. Not, I don't think she even doesn't. I don't think she's even uh, has sex or anything in Francis Ha. You know, it's more about her. Uh, yeah, the, the, the Francis Ha character, the yeah. Francis Ha character is like more like, like it's like a normal film character where she's like a fucking cartoon in Mistress America. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like she's really funny too, I think. Yeah. Um, John, what do you think about this one? Uh it's not bad. I mean, I, I prefer Frances Ha in terms of her performance, but I mean, yeah, I wouldn't say it's a bad movie. I'd recommend it. It's better than, I mean, uh, the only one that I, uh, that I watched cause it was, it was the only one I hadn't seen was, um, kicking and screaming. That's the only one I really didn't like. And I wouldn't recommend the rest of these. Yeah. Yeah. Watch them. They're fun. They're pleasant. They're fun. I mean, squid in the well is, is a different kind of fun, but there's fun to be had. Um, and, and marriage story is just a whole different, whole different fucking thing. Well, I'll yeah. tell you this. I wish he was making more movies like mistress America than marriage story. Like I wish he was making more of these, like just random kind of quirky, like weird little comedies as opposed to, you know, these big personal, like, you know, odes to, to pain or whatever, you know? Um, I mean, I agree. There's only a certain amount of ways that you can dissect 
a divorce and a couple falling apart and right and these two like upper middle class people arguing about right, right, right. the mansion in LA or the apartment in New York or whatever the fuck like <laughs> yeah so yeah what about marriage story man what do you think about marriage story mike this is uh this i feel like everybody was talking about this movie on the internet yeah. for like 6 months um Everybody was talking about it and I didn't watch it because I saw because on Twitter people were like trashing it, which is one of the reasons I think I might get off Twitter because people on Twitter just don't act right and they just they shit on everything and they right. have very negative attitudes. Um, and I second that, man. Good yeah. God. You're you're 100 percent right. Yeah, you 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 should you'd be better off like spending your time in like a shooting gallery, I think, than spending time <laughs> watching what people are what anonymous people are fucking complaining about. Um, it's a really bad place, and so people were shitting on like some of the monologues, like they were sharing Scarlett Johansson's monologue when she when she meets the lawyer, and they were like, "Oh, what 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 the fuck is this? People don't even talk like this," and they were sharing. Um, uh, Laura Dern's monologue where she talks about, you know, mothers and stuff, which I thought some of those were a little, you know, like some of those scenes were a little like him punching the hole in the wall. Like, yeah, you could probably make the case that some of those scenes were a little much, but I thought overall it was like a very good entertaining movie. I liked the characters a lot. Uh, it was a compelling story and, uh, you know, I really enjoyed it. There, yeah, there was some, probably some goofy moments, but, uh, I don't think you can, you know, judge a movie by, uh, the, the bad moments. I think overall it was, you know, it was, it was good. What do you think about it, John? I know you have a complicated uh, take on this movie, right? I do. Um, I, I will say that, yeah, I saw like a little bit of what you're talking about when this movie came out and it's, it's such bullshit. Like at, at what point do you feel a need to dissect? Like, Oh, uh, real people don't talk like this. That's like watching Terminator and saying real people aren't robots under their skin. Yeah. Like, what the <laughs> fuck are you doing? But yeah, that's beside. I I 100% agree with you on that. This movie, I uh, I I think it's it. I, I would have liked to have seen this like as a stage play. I think I because mm. Jacob, you told me that early on because you watched it before I did, and then I watched it and I was like, yeah, I agree with that. But mm. honestly, I watched this movie thinking these performances are great. I don't give a shit if like the movie has some holes with certain scenes or some mm -hmm. dialogue is hokey. Yeah, like the fact that. They got these performances out of this. I mean, my my biggest beef with the movie is the fact that uh, Laura Dern won an Oscar. I didn't think she deserved the Oscar for her performance in in this movie. I think she's but phenomenal. That was like a training day Oscar, I think it was like a major yeah. Oscar. Yeah, I agree with that. It was like more of like a lifetime achievement award kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I mean, because no disrespect, she's fantastic, but I just yeah. didn't think she was super uh, like a, a good enough in this movie, but. Overall, man, that that breakdown scene they have when they start fighting in the living room, you know, in the third act and it gets brutal. And I that's the kind of shit I love because I'm a big drama fan. I love these these intense moments on camera. Yeah. Um, and it's yeah, when he hits his knees, you know, and starts crying like Tim, in my opinion, like when you when you spent, you know, two hours with these characters, I buy it. I buy that scene 100 percent because financial stress and stress in general uh it tears you apart and like his response to that like saying i you know i i wish you would die all that shit's believable to me like i thought that i thought the movie overall um outside of some areas that i don't have any real know how you know like some of this shit has nothing yeah, to you're do not divorced with. yet <laughs> yeah, I'm not divorced. Um, and also just dealing with their fucking rich people bullshit. But aside from that, their relationship and the focal point, I bought it. And I think it's I think it's solid. I don't know if it was like one of the best last year, but I, I liked it. I mean, you guys know a comic by the name of uh, Janelle James? <laughs> no, Janelle James. No, I don't. She's uh, so she she said I thought she said one of the funniest things about marriage story. She was like, you know, I'm watching marriage story and uh man, white people always try to like say all this shit to hurt each other's souls. <laughs> it's like, if that was me, I'd be like, man, get the fuck up out my house. <laughs> I was just thinking of that tweet as I was watching that scene. And it made, it, like, it made the movie that much more enjoyable, you know? It's like, man, you could have saved everybody a whole much, a bunch of time. If you would have been like, just get the fuck out. I don't want to fucking fight. There's the I mean, door. That is another approach, you know? It's, it's yeah. 
So it was fun for me that someone would have that, you know, to remember that she had that reaction to it. I feel like that's the approach that like doesn't result in the cops being called at the end. So that's probably <laughs> the one they should take. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I, I think the internet ruined this movie for me. Like I can, I can see what you guys are saying and like, I can like take a step back and like kind of try to be like objective about it and be like, yes, like I get it. it you know, these are a couple of great performances and blah, blah, blah. But like, I, I read the, this, uh, critic Armand White, um, had like wrote an, a review of it and I didn't even read the review. I just saw the title of it that said, um, the ruling class plays house. And I was just like, Oh, this is going to ruin what? this movie for me. Isn't it? Yeah. Like, and so like the whole time during the movie, I was just like, God, this is such bullshit. Like I just had this like class rage, like bubbling up and like, mm-hmm. but they're not know, even I, that rich. Say that again. But they're not, I mean, they're not even that rich when they're in New York and stuff. I mean, the guy's a theater director. Yeah. Yeah. I agree there. This is like one of their less affluent families, like in terms of movies, like she's rich, like I feel, but yeah. he isn't that rich. He's barely getting by. Yeah. And also you bring up Armin White all the time on this podcast and I'm tired of it. Yeah. I don't like, I don't like Armin White. He's a buffoon and I'm not sure why you keep bringing him up. Let me look this guy up. Let me see what he looks like. <laughs> I think he's a good critic. I think he's a good, uh, you know, I think he's, I don't know. I think he's a good critic. He's the, he's the fucking film critic for the national review, which don't, don't send me your fucking letters. Okay. I know the national review is bad. <laughs> all right. But, you know, I think he's a I think he's a good film critic. I think he has some interesting perspectives on things, you know, he's very, very interesting perspectives. I mean, yeah, he's interesting. I'll say that. Is he certifiably insane? Maybe. Yeah. Could be. I don't know, dude. He's a freaking movie critic. Shock, shock. He's the Marilyn Manson of shot of uh, movie critics. Okay. I mean, <laughs> that's all he is. <laughs> Look, I'm not here. I'm not here to uh, to defend Armin White, although I will. Um, his latest book about Spiel- Steven Spielberg is really good. Um, anyways, uh, the last thing I want to say about Marriage Story is that I, I I did one of my biggest takeaways from the movie was that uh, Adam Driver was very alpha in it. You don't see. Uh, mm. I thought the way that he sort of like you know is in control of his life and takes charge and takes care of his kid. You don't really see uh, male characters that much anymore, like that. You know, right. I mean, that's I, I, I that's how I felt. I felt like it was kind of refreshing. Yeah, no, I agree, man. The fact that he wanted to like it was important to him. They go trick or treating mm-hmm. and like he's doing this stuff that, yeah, you typically you, like I think we're more prone to see like a, a like an absentee, like half ass, barely their father than we yeah. are to see one like he was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I also think a lot of that has to do with. I think a lot of that has to do with a Noah Baumbach, like making a movie about how he's such a good father. But I also think, I also think Adam driver just has this like pure, like masculine alpha energy that is like not containable in any way. Yeah, I could Yeah, I can see that. I love Adam driver. Do any movie he's in, like I said, he raises it. So, I mean, uh, yeah, I can agree. I can, I can agree with that. Yeah. Um, I was like, I think of this in like girls where he like, he's like just kind of going into like these random like art hose in Bushwick and being like crawl on the ground and bark like a dog. And they're like, yes, father. Like it's just such a, such a hilarious uh, way to begin a career as a movie star. Uh, I've never seen an episode of girls. I know he, I've heard he's good in it, but I've never seen any of it. Mike you ever seen girls or Adam driver in it. Um, yeah, I've seen the first two seasons of Girls, and I saw Tiny Furniture. Um, Tiny Furniture is pretty good, I think. What do you think about that? Uh, I didn't like it. Mm. Uh, I thought I didn't. I didn't really. Nothing really happened. That's true. That's a fair point. Um. All right, Mike. We'll, we'll wrap this up. Uh, I don't know, man. What else have you been watching, Mike? What else? What else is good uh, for for our listeners out there? Um, what else have I been watching? Um, HBO Max is a lot better for movies than Netflix. Mm. I, I, I think HBO True. Max has that feeling of like, okay, cool. We're going to sit down and like watch a movie, you know? Um, right. my wife gets mad because she thinks I scroll too much through uh, HBO Max, but, but I'm like, this is going to be two hours of our life. You know, we got to pick the right, <laughs> pick the right thing. she'll just like pick something, which I think is crazy. Um, pick something and, and keep it on. Um, but, you know, I'm rewatching Sopranos. 
Uh, I'm watching King of the Hill. I've never seen it before. I'm on season three. Uh, oh, uh, King yeah. of the Hill is awesome, great. dude. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's really great. Um, and uh, let's see. I'm watching King of the Hill. I watched um, – I guess I'll watch Little Nicky tonight. That's on Netflix. And then I'll and then I'll get away from Netflix for a little bit. Um, and I just uh, I just rewatched Little Nicky, and God, it's still so funny. Yeah. I don't give a shit what people say about Sandler, dude. Like he, he I love him. Like he's just so funny. Even like, yeah, even movies like, uh, cause cause Little Nicky wasn't reviewed very well, and like I like I think critics didn't like it, but critics also didn't like Freddie Got Fingered, and like that's that's a movie that I just you know I think about that movie and I I laugh and smile, you know. Yeah, <laughs> um, like who cares if it's nonsense? It's fucking funny. Exactly. Like, yeah, it doesn't even. It's not even like clever or anything. But it's like, okay, well then why didn't you think of that? You you could have you know you could have made that movie if you think it's. Like, I don't even think it's. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even think it's fair to review a movie. Like if you find yourself reviewing a movie mm-hmm. and you get to a part when Tom Green puts a deer pelt on himself yeah. and gets hit by a truck, you could just be like, I'm going to stop reviewing this movie and just enjoy yeah. the ride. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you'd be a fool to yeah write anything about it. Um, that reminds me of this. Uh, there's this documentary on, I think it was original on HBO. Um, I don't know if it's on HBO Max. It was called Talking Funny. Um, yeah. have you guys seen this or heard about it? Yeah. 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 And it's so funny. It's Louis CK and, uh, and, uh, Chris Rock and Seinfeld and, um, uh, Ricky Gervais and like Ricky Gervais is clearly the one who's just like not on the same level and everybody's having a good time. But right, then, right. But right. There's this scene I love where he's like, where like Louis CK, they're talking, you know, they're like deconstructing humor or whatever. And Louis CK is like, yeah, I walked into this bar one night. And this guy is just uh, singing this song and to the tune of sitting on the dock of the bay, he says, sitting on a cot because I'm gay. (laughs) And they all just start they all just start dying laughing. And Ricky Gervais is like, is like, yes, but aren't you aren't you laughing like ironically about this? Yeah. And Louis C.K. was like, nah, man, it's just it's just pretty funny. You know, I don't know what to tell you. Like, right. <laughs> nothing deep about it, man. It's just he, he's a parody song. Like, <laughs> it's funny that the guy was like, this is what I'm going to do. Like, this is my act, you know, like the <laughs> right. small amount of stage time that you get. He's going to go up with a guitar and go sit in on a cock because I'm gay. You know? <laughs> right. That was funny about it. Right. Like and, and also the fact that, you know, it, 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 he just said sitting on a cock because I'm gay to the tune of sitting on the dock of the bay, right, you know? Right. Yeah. All right. Well, Mike, this has been great. Um, it was fun. I think we uh, I think we all kind of came to the resolution watching these movies and talking about them that maybe we're not big Noah Baumbach fans. But you know what? Okay. That's fine. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I liked Marriage Story. I liked uh, I liked Francis Ha and Squid and the Whale. And I think I'm I think I'm done. I think I got my fix, and uh, <laughs> I'll be okay for a couple of years. But I'll rewatch Squid and the Whale in a couple of years and be like, this is a masterpiece. And your your wife will make fun of you yet again. Who cares? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> hey, yeah. If I didn't since you like. Real quick, since you like Adam Sandler, uh, if, if you're looking for a movie one night, I, I recommend the Meyerowitz stories. Um, that's a Bombach movie on Netflix, and uh, Sandler's in it. Dustin Hoffman. It's got a strong oh, cast. Right. Okay. Is that the one where he's a yeah. ghost or something? No, no. It's just like yeah. it, it's it's just a it's just it's a rich family type you know thing where like uh-huh. the kids are struggling and father has issues. It, it's a it's a pretty fun movie. I mean, Sandler's great in it. I mean, so nice. Yeah, yeah. That but aside a, from that, that brings uh-huh. a full circle. Sandler and uh, Bombach together. Yeah. Um, Mike, do you have anything you want to plug, man? Any like uh, we already announced your podcast, but you got anything else going on? I mean, yeah, just my podcast to sit down and uh, I'm trying to wean myself off of Twitter and do more Instagram stuff. So uh, Racine.Mike on Instagram. And uh, I don't know, maybe I'll join. Tic- I, everybody's joining TikTok and I think I should probably be over there. But in- Instagram right now, Racine.Mike. Yeah, and look out okay. for that. Look out for that TikTok account, that Racine TikTok. Hopefully, it'll stay up longer <laughs> than the Nick Mullen one. <laughs> yeah, um, we'll put all that in the show notes. And also, I just want to say, cannot recommend to our listeners enough to look up 
your stand up on YouTube. You oh, will laugh your ass off. I have yeah. an album uh, on Spotify. Anywhere you hear it, it's called uh, Union Delegate. Um, so yeah, that's oh, on shit, Spotify okay. and a bunch of streaming stuff. And uh, yeah, I put that out. You know, I don't know, almost six years ago. And I'm overdue for another one, but uh, yeah. Um, check that. Fuck yeah, man. Yeah. I'll check it out. I, I didn't know that. I will definitely check that out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I think that'll do it, Jacob. Uh, anybody else got anything to add? Are we good? No, let's wrap it up. Cool. Okay. Thanks again for stopping by, Mike. We enjoyed it. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah.